Dupree. Yeah. Uh, he was expected to make $17 million, uh at the start of the I wonder why the they year. didn't just announce that a couple of weeks ago when they cut Lawan and Woods and Bullock and uh, who's, who was the other person they cut? Cunningham. Yeah, Zach oh, Cunningham. Cunningham. There you yeah. Thank you, sir. Uh, Teresa Walker probably tell us. So- yeah. <laughs> Associated Press. Hello, probably Teresa. like, Zach Cunningham, you idiot. Yeah. Morning, T. Hey, T. And, and, I mean, this is a move that we've all kind of expected because while, you know, he was the big free agent signing by John Robinson two years ago, he hadn't been able to stay on the field. The biggest question, I think, was maybe, you know, how they designate him. And, you know, they can save some money by designating him as a post-June 1 release. And here's the thing, guys, they can release him and do it now whenever they want to and just simply designate him as a June 1 uh, release. That's what they did with Julio Jones a year ago. So it's not that tough. It's not that unexpected. I mean, honestly, Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy told us himself last June that he had one game his first season with his team where he felt like himself. It was a playoff game. And then he struggled compensating with the hip, he told us, throughout his second season. And, you know, just the, the, the there was never there. And when you've got a new GM trying to clear up cap space and, and recreate this team, and as Mike Vrabel made it clear, they need guys who are fast. And when you're not on the field, well, you're not fast. You're not even available. T, what do you make of what uh, what was said at the Combine last week? I was there. And the one question I tried to get both Vrabel and Carthon to answer was, okay, you guys are talking about working together, being on the same page, et cetera, et cetera. Vrabel and J-Rob said the same thing for years. And I remember asking both Carthon and Vrabel, okay, well, let's say there's a draft pick or a personnel move where one guy's thinking one thing, the other guy's thinking the other thing. I asked both, who breaks the tie? And they were both like, well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. You know, I'm it, thinking. What do you make I'm, of that? Hey, JB, I think Miss Amy will end up being the one who's the tiebreaker. That's what I think. I mean, too. after exa- right? I mean, it's her team, and she's made it very clear that uh, she, you know, she didn't like the direction it was going with John Robinson, and she made that she pulled that trigger and fired him during the season rather than wait. And you know, if if, if you know, hey, if somebody needs to come down there and make the final decision and break the tie. I don't think, you know, I mean, hey, it's her team. It's her money. And they are investing, her family is investing a ton of money into putting this uh, new uh, stadium situation together. Look at that practice facility. That's their money. And, you know, they're the ones, you know, talk about skin in the game. It's it's Amy Adams Strunk and and, and her family. So uh, if there's a tie that needs to be broken, I think she'll be able to do that. Um, You know, we all saw the famous video last year of Mike Brable kind of, reacting when the news, you know, when they made mm-hmm. the trade on A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. And we heard him say that as long as A.J., as long as he was coach, A.J. wouldn't be going anywhere. And we saw how that happened. So, um, you know, and, and, and in that case, it felt like John Robinson's the guy who had that last say. Um, so I think that if there's another similar big decision like that, Jeff Simmons, that uh, Amy will be the one that uh, kind of chimes in and, and, and says, hey, you know, this is what we're doing. Well, one of the things. Not that anyone has said that. That's, right, that right. is just the way I'm reading the tea leaves, so to speak. Yeah, and I agree with you 100%. But when it comes to Carthon, you know, he said repeatedly, hey, it's my job to bring in the type of players that Mike wants to coach. And I understand that. But I'm wondering, you know, 
is he truly being a GM if he's doing that? Because, you know, in my mind, the definition of an NFL GM is the guy that makes these hard decisions on who to cut, who to keep, who to draft, this, that, and the other. You know, is he just basically, you know, carrying out? Yeah, is he carrying out Vrabel's wishes and basically being a personnel guy, or is he truly a general manager? That's the question that I still really am wondering at this point. Does that make sense? And it makes sense, JB, but we're not going to get an answer on that for a while. I mean, let's be honest. And 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 no offense to Rand, he's certainly earned the job and is the GM. But who's the person that's had the most success? You know, over 82 games, uh, the guy who's gotten them to the playoffs, what, three of five seasons? And two of the seasons they didn't make the playoffs? Uh, one of those was because Marcus Mariota was hurt and couldn't play, and they ended up having to start Blaine Gabbert in a must-win game. And then the second time, Josh Dobbs is the guy who starts the game and tries to lead them to the, to the playoffs and was three minutes away from doing just that uh, when there was a, I still don't agree with the call on the field. I still think it was a, a forward pass. <laughs> they should have had the, the ball. So, uh, you know, at this point, John, you know, Mike Rabel has definitely, you know, when he when he was hired, John Robinson is the guy who had the, you know, he had the scalps on the wall, so to speak. He was the guy who took uh, Jack Conklin in 2016, traded that number one pick overall, and, and you know, drafted Derrick Henry and an all-pro, a couple of all-pros in Jack Conklin and Kevin Byard in his first draft. Well, right now it's Mike Vrabel who has got the success and the proven track record in this league as a coach. And, you know, and, 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 and again, I, you want, you know, for all this talk about who has that final decision, you want them to be working to a point and, 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 and seeing and having the similar vision to build the team the way that, you know, that they both see what they're trying to do. Uh, otherwise, you, you don't want them knocking heads because that's, you know, guys, no, you know, that's not very productive. Okay, you don't want them banging heads. You want your players banging heads against the opponent. So uh, it, it's going to be very interesting, and, and we'll see at some point. It may be an, you know, similar. To, it may be an AJ, AJ Robin. I mean, excuse me, an AJ Brown moment. But we'll find out who has the final say at some point. Um, but until then. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to build a, a roster that can compete in an AFC South that looks po- poised for, you know, the other two teams that, you know, that that ha- don't have a quarterback to get their quarterback. We've already seen that Jacksonville has their quarterback. He just needed a decent coach to go along with him, and now he's got that. So, uh, you know, right now the, the, the Tennessee Titans know exactly what they need to be doing, and that's adding talent and getting better. I don't know that we'll ever know, even when a difficult decision is made, that they might disagree. Yeah, they're never yeah, going to tell us they're about publicly, it. Publicly, they're going right. to, you know, because only in the after fact, I think we saw the initial reaction of what we saw of Rabel uh, from the draft room on that video, but we didn't know, obviously, until later, you know, how what that all meant. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think we'll ever really see any public disagreement between them at all. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons scrubs uh, his um, – uh, the Titans off of his uh, social media, man. He's not. He's done. He. I don't. I doubt if he'll ever play another Titan yeah, game. Yeah. Bye, bye, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing to do, right? I mean, you know, uh, you know, cut off the social media. Throw the, you know, fire the first charge. Here's the, here's what we know. Jeff Simmons did not make this an issue at all last season. He was literally the good Titan, shooting up his ankle. He was here during the uh, for training camp 
didn't miss a day of that. He, you know, he, he shot up his ankle to get on the field to finish the season and, you know, playing every game. So he's shown his commitment to this franchise. It just seems like it's a simple signal that, hey, yes, yeah, I'm under contract for this year. You picked up my fifth-year option. Uh, don't forget me. And guess what? You know, cutting loose Bud Dupree is among the moves to create some space. It's not all about, uh, you know, creating space to bring in free agents. Rand Carthon, you know, has made it, you know, allegedly has made it clear that he wants Jeffrey Simmons on this team. His son well, certainly does. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, it, this is a guy that, you know, according to the TV graphics during the game against Jacksonville, he faced the second most double teams in the NFL this last season. So, you know, you want to reward him for what they did. I mean, you know, that it, it, could, could you imagine? They've got enough holes to fill. Can you imagine having to also try to replace a Jeff Simmons in this team? So, you know, you, you're getting Harold Landry back from the ACL. He's healing up. You'll have him back. You'll have Bud – I mean, excuse me, you'll have Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, Danico Autry's in the final year of his contract. You've got a lot of pieces still here. You don't need to create another opening you have to fill. And let's face it, I mean, you get a player – we went through this a year ago. You get a player like an A.J. Brown, you don't let him go. Well, look what happened. They let him go, and it, it bit them literally in the behind. Uh, they'll find it, it just it's part of the the the, the maneuvering the offseason maneuvering I'll worry about it uh, you know when he doesn't show up for training camp and there's no contract by then well let me play devil's advocate with that you, you can't win a Super Bowl in this league without a franchise quarterback you can win uh, without the number two defensive tackle in the league and we all know what he is but you're not going to even with Jeffrey Simmons. You don't have your you don't have the franchise quarterback. You're not going to win. So you could have the best player on the best team, uh, on the best side of the ball, and still not win what you need to win. So, you know, he's some equity right there. Is he at the peak of his game? Yeah, right now. Can he stay there two, three, four more years? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's sort of wasted time if you don't do anything with him while you have no franchise quarterback. Well, and that's the thing. If the Titans end up trading Jeffrey Simmons as part of a, his rights as part of a package to move up to the number one pick and take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, uh, then you know, then then yeah, you know, you 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 you've done something because you know, yes, Aaron Donald, as incredible as he was, did not win a Super Bowl ring until they went and got Matthew Stafford, and that was a bold move that the Rams made. So uh, we're going to have to wait and see what they do. And if they end up making him a part of a package to move up, because when you're at 11, it's a little easier to move up from 11 than it is from 15 or 20, where they've been drafting, you know, much of the last few years. Because they've had that's the thing you can have just enough success in the NFL. Well, shoot, I flashed on the Predators for a moment too. Um, you know, you you can get stuck in no man's land if you're not careful when it comes to drafting. And that's what the Titans have to, you know, this is part of all those conversations that they've got to be having and, and, and figuring out what they do, you know, because Ryan Tannehill is a part of this. Do you, do you keep him for this year? Because the money that he's due, uh, you know, looking at what J- Daniel Jones allegedly is asking for, that's almost cheap for a quarterback, you know, and, and we're hearing the reports this morning, Derek Carr is getting a deal with the Saints. Well, his numbers, you know, yards per pass, this, that, the other thing. It's tough to tell any difference between him and Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, the guys that they've got. So uh, if you can go get a number one quarterback, 
you know, guess what? Uh, let's put it this way. Indianapolis and Houston certainly are going to be getting their number one quarterback in the draft uh, in April. Now, the Titans are, have to decide, you know, if, if they need to make a, a, as big a bold or bolder move. And, and I'm going to point back, guys, 2016, what did John Robinson do in his very first draft? Well, he traded away the number one pick overall and got a, a boatload of picks for it to help remake this franchise that had been 5-27 and 27 into a constant playoff contender. So sometimes you have to make the bold move uh, to, to, to get things going and, and to, to turn around a franchise. And this franchise didn't make the playoffs. Most players used the last two years. Boldness is certainly something that should be on the table. Teresa Walker is our guest from the AP at Teresa M. Walker on Twitter. Before we let you go, Teresa, we have to ask you about the John Morant situation. You cover the Grizzlies. We have their games here on our air, and it's just unfortunate because this guy is a rising star in the NBA. But, you know, my, my bone of contention is if you think you're in a rap video, then you need, to, you need to cut the crap and be more selective about who you hang out with. But if he's seriously having issues between the ears – then he needs to raise his hand and say, hey, I need some help. What, where do you come out on the John Morant situation? Well, he's suspended tech, you know, well, away from the team, excuse me, for two games. Uh, they're back home on Thursday night hosting the Golden State Warriors. We'll see if uh, you know, the NBA has made a decision on whether he should stay seated for a little while longer. Uh, as my colleague Kim Reynolds, who wrote the story Saturday since I was traveling back from uh, Telluride, and a ski trip. Nice uh, drop it, there. Yeah. Nice drops. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, by the by the way, I'm an excellent skier. Okay. Um, but you know, he pointed out the NBA player who you know was deemed 50 games for bringing a gun into a locker room. And Gilbert then Arenas, at, right? Then, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm thinking it was DeAndre uh, Ayton or something. I read okay. it while I was standing in line checking in at the Montrose Airport. Oh my God, the worst airport, far beyond Salt Lake City that I've ever seen. But anyway. I mean, he has to get it together. Guys, in that video around his neck was the fancy, expensive necklace that the uh, Nike gave him, right? Mm. Uh, Nike. He's got a signature shoe, the Jaw One with him. They just unveiled a Powerade commercial last week with him. Uh, their first uh, basketball player or athletic endorsement in five years, you know, and, and he's on a max contract. And, you know, a, a max contract that the value goes up if he makes the all-NBA team. So he has tons of things on the line. And as uh, the people in Memphis pointed out, you don't wave guns around in Memphis, okay? (laughs) Young Dolph, uh, unfortunately, was murdered and shot to death going to pick up cookies in Memphis. So it's like that's just, you know, he's a father of a young girl. You know, everything on the court looks absolutely perfect. He can do things that very few other people can do. But here's the thing. While they're in the number two seed, guys, he did this hours after a loss to Denver where they, you know, they had a dominant third quarter and then couldn't hold it in the fourth quarter and ended up losing and got blown out in the fourth quarter. And then you're going out, hitting the club, celebrating like that. I mean, there's just, you know, he is still very young. I think his age is still 23, but it's like, you know, somebody's got to get in his ear. And, you know, we've seen there's been videos, social media posts with, you know, uh, Casamigos. And, you know, and so, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on, and he's trying to grow up in the public eye. Not everybody does it the way Kevin, Durant, or Kevin Garnett and LeBron James managed to. It's not that easy. And here's the thing, guys. 
his parents live near him, and uh, you know they, they're T. Uh, Martin, who was getting so much attention last year for his sitting courtside and his bets with the other dads in the playoffs, and mom was involved with the incident at the uh, Wolf Chase Galleria. They're not helping right now. So they may need to back off as well and give this young man some space to grow up. Teresa Walker, uh, as noted, back from Telluride. Nice. Thank nice. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Telluride. I was in Telluride. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Teresa. Thanks, T. Always good to talk to you. Thanks, guys. All right.